0: J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on.
2: Oh, I can boogie woogie, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble Preview Show, sponsored by Betway. Scotland are back in business, and England were victorious. It's Friday, thirteenth of November. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Luke Moore, and I'm Hunter Raja. <laughs> Well, well, well. What a fabulous Friday we've got for you, especially if you're a wee Scottish person. (laughs) (laughs) Friday the 13th as well. My goodness.
3: Reason to be very frightened, and that's not just Vicious (laughs) (laughs)
2: Moustache.
4: Oh, Uh, flowers of
2: My goodness. Before we get into that, gentlemen, uh, a little uh, little mention for On The Continent. It's out now this week. Dot and Andy were joined by Miguel Delaney to unpack some of the travel restrictions for players in Italy. Italy. and what exactly was behind Real Madrid's shot 4-1 defeat to Valencia last Sunday it did happen there's also a fascinating chat about the difficult uh, decisions faced by international players with dual nationality just head over to uh, Football Ramble Presents wherever you get your pods yeah very nice oh my goodness gentlemen Scotland are back in the big leagues the scenes the <laughs> scenes alone were incredible
3: everyone was crying yeah <laughs> and and the interviewer who interviewed I think Ryan Christie yeah said uh um, um, I can see the emotion, Ryan. I'm crying myself. Yeah, it's like, come on, let's be a bit professional. <laughs> <laughs> did you see the video? It at was the a end? brilliant interview, there yeah, was.
4: When he signed off at the end, he went, "Go on, your dancer." Yeah, he yeah, did. Saw
3: yeah, <laughs> I saw that as well. Yeah, exactly. Well,
2: Amazing scenes. It really what well, I mean. Flipping it. Where, where to begin? I mean. <sighs> Twenty-two years—it's been a long, long time. Yeah, growing up as we did, Luke, in the eighties and nineties, yeah. you used to see in Scotland at tournaments. And then, of course, in yeah. ninety-eight, that was it—that was the end of that. But they're but they're back. I mean, and they've done it through the UEFA Nations League. Yeah, Tommy Boyd got him banned after that with that own goal, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that yeah. goal was yeah. so poor yeah. that yeah. you will begin to
3: take a, a serious absence from the international game as a result. Exactly.
2: Yeah. I mean, they they even lost in a playoff to Keegan's England. Yeah, uh, well, that's, how it's that's, that's how, how bad it that was got. the real low. But but it,
3: I mean it'll. <laughs> We, I guess it'll obviously it's Euro 2020 technically, but it'll be 23 years by the time it comes around. That is a long absence for a team. Oh yeah, yeah. I've been fooled by yeah, the UAE for well, months. The branding, camping. the branding. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for for a team, particularly now, who produce decent players, I mean, if you look at the lineup they they put out last night, and obviously we'll come onto the game. But they've got some decent players now, mm-hmm. and and um, the Euros, as we know, has become much easier to qualify for. Now I understand Scotland have done it through a slightly different route uh, this time but it's great to see them back there. It's it's an amazing it's an amazing thing and they'll play um England as things stand at Wembley uh 25 years and 3 days after Euro 96 yeah. which was a golden time for those of you who are listening who are under the age of I don't know what 25 whatever yeah. Yeah, it was great, trust me. It was yeah, really yeah, good. Yeah. Um so it was it was an amazing thing. I was I was Beyond gutted, just because I'd invested a lot in the game, mm-hmm. watching it to see them concede like that in, oh, the, in the final minute, and you just thought, oh, I'm not sure they're going to do it now. But they were able to turn it around, good for them. Because um, I'm happy, I'm happy to see them to see them there. I'm happy to see the jubilant scenes in the studio. I'm happy to see the tears. It was just great. It was a great thing.
2: Having to see a little bit of boogie woogie, Vish. Um,
4: yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I like the fact that I didn't realise until maybe the 15th time of watching that video of them dancing. That Andrew Considine was actually in there as well. Yeah, was he? Yeah. So it's from Andrew. Like for those who yeah, don't yeah. who don't know, it's from Andrew Considine's um, stag video from about twenty fifteen. I think five or six right, years yeah. ago, where they make him dress up and do this boogie woogie song. Yeah, but right. it's like a
2: it's like a music video. Yeah, it's, they a mu- it's a proper music video. <laughs> right, okay.
4: Great production value. I was yeah. Let's say. Um, and so it resurfaced when he got called up for mm. for Scotland for the first time, and um, he's oh, obviously it. quite a popular lad. And, yeah, apparently they've been singing it all the way through and then they <laughs> went mad. Yeah, you know?
2: and they'll be singing it when they tear the goalpost down at Wembley when they inevitably beat it. <laughs>
4: yeah, well, the the other part of that is, uh, as the, you know, as things stand, and hopefully this does prove to be the case come next summer, but they will be also playing a game at Hamden Park as well.
2: They're playing two there, I think. Well, yeah, OK, so,
4: um, mm. I mean, that'd be great, yeah, if they can get some, I suppose, yeah, hopefully they can get fans in, but even not... If they can play a mm. major tournament game, then that'd be pretty cool. Well they've got a chance. I mean, for crying
2: out loud, you know, it's all about taking it, isn't it? I mean, as you say, look, they didn't qualify through the group in the t- traditional means, but the UEFA Nations League opened it up, as mm. North Macedonia will testify to. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 they've taken that and, and you know, they, they the the game against Israel was a very dull affair. Um and that's an understatement. Yeah. It's one of the shittiest games I've ever seen. <laughs> It was. Don't know how do
4: to bring that. They're changed teams.
2: Dude, I was oh. going to say it was a he, he
3: just brought up a forty-three-year-old crossbar being pulled down.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was only a month ago. That was a positive memory for Scottish people. <laughs> um, but against Israel, you know, it, was, it, was, it wasn't a great game, but they they got through. That's what it's all yeah, about: absolutely. getting through. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, and uh, and. We saw Steve Stevie Clark mm. um, crack a smile, which was quite new for for many of us. Right. And then and then they get to the final, and you think, oh away in Serbia, okay, the fans aren't there, but they're still away. I think and the fans was a big no. Fans was a bit of a bit of a bonus, to say the least. It is, them? but they're still they're still second favourites in that game, hundred percent. You know, Serbia have got some decent players, and uh, and they are at home. And you think, you know, one off game, and as soon as the game starts, Scotland, they were brilliant. That 90 minutes, Ali McCoist said himself, Sir Ali McCoist. I think, yeah. uh, by the end of his punditry. It's only a matter of time. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, he, uh, he said that it's the best Scotland performance he'd seen in years. And my goodness, they were tenacious in the mm-hmm. tackle. They were well drilled. They were creative. I mean, it was absolutely sensational. One of the biggest compliments I think I could pay for them is they looked like they had an extra man. Yeah, Every good. time Serbia had the ball, you look around and you think, well, they've got nothing. It was like they had 10 men against 11. They were so well organised. They the asserted
3: team. themselves on the game from mm. the very start, didn't they? And yeah. you know, they were able to set the pace. They didn't let you know, f- football happen to them, as mm. Jim Jim Campbell sometimes says about certain teams. They asserted themselves really, really well. And and you know, I wonder if Serbia kind of underestimated them a little bit. I wonder if Serbia thought... Do you Know what Scotland at home will take that because Scotland's record, right? And they would is, take that, of course, they would. But, mm. but Scotland were by far the better team, there's no question about that. Serbia didn't really offer much, mm-hmm. um, but for them to concede the way they did in the last I think it was like 89 minutes and 25 seconds or something, yeah, you just thought, oh god, they're gonna have to lift themselves here. Um, and they did cede control of the game after that. I don't know if you, if you guys felt the same, but in extra time, it felt a bit like they had there had been a shift. They ceded control of the game, mm-hmm. and they were almost for no real reason, other than the fact that maybe they were tired because of the way the calendar mm-hmm. is now, and because it's you know, a difficult away trip. They they f- it felt like they were holding on a bit.
2: Do you know what it reminded me of? And Scotland fans won't thank me for for bringing up one of England's. But it reminded me a little bit of England v Colombia, hundred
4: percent. Yeah, uh, yeah. Do you think? I
2: agree. I completely agree with yeah. that. With that, England, you know, it was a fairly sort of England play where they went ahead as Scotland did, and then they looked fairly. Comfortable and in control, and then of course the the uh, the downward header right in the last minute from, from Yerimina. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then in, in the first half of extra time, Colombia looked like we were going to win the game. Yeah. and then came back into it. The,
3: the, the main the difference being that Colombia tried to kick the shit out of <laughs> for an hour for 120 minutes. But main, Serbia, to be fair, didn't yeah. Well,
2: the main difference, of course, is that England did miss a, 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 a spot kick in that shootout. Scotland have yet to miss a penalty in penalty shootouts uh, yeah. in their in their competitive history which is a, which is a fine record Vish, one has to say but when when serbia got that equalizer the way they celebrate as well they thought oh, okay come on we'll probably go go on and win this
4: yeah, definitely. I mean, Scotland, or rather a previous Scotland side, lose that game, don't they?
2: Yes, definitely. oh yeah, and, and understandably
4: so, because when you get that sucker punch, you know, you've mentioned England-Columbia, that was exactly my thought.
2: But get the monkey off your back kind of thing, because as Steve Clark said, here, it's often glorious failure, it's often yeah. we do this. And when they scored, I did think, oh no, lads, surely not. After that performance, yeah. and so close to this tournament, and I thought, Serbia will win this in extra time or Scotland will win it on penalties.
3: I, I, I wanted big Lyndon Dykes to be mentioned because he. Put it, great. He was I mean, class, wasn't he? Yeah, that the biggest shift <laughs> since I did back-to-back doubles at Asda in 1998. <laughs> Which still has lived long in the memory down in Gosport. he caused absolute havoc all <laughs> over the pitch. I would It, was, it must have been a nightmare, Planet. He won every single header. Yeah, he was good, wasn't he? He was winning headers he wasn't even playing in games on. <laughs> it was mad. It like was like you, right around Hackney yeah, into You watch a game tomorrow, mm. and from nowhere, out of camera shot, Lyndon Dykstra will come in, full Scotland and <laughs> get his massively power a header. It was an unbelievable shift
4: from him. Yeah. I don't think they should have taken him off. Do you think the Serbia Selvacs are like waking up with a oh. cold sweat, just hearing, Lyndon! <laughs> I think, I think they're
3: probably thinking if it's going to be like that I don't want to be there no yeah
4: yeah, I'd rather stay home Darren yeah. Fletcher made a really good point and he said was it um, about, about vines? <laughs> I want to see vines I want to see, I want to see memes yeah. I tell you what the Magna
2: Carlo are going to be a state tonight yeah. isn't it? Yeah. somebody set up my a MySpace page <laughs> yeah. for a yeah. big big marsh
4: he said that Lyndon L- Dykes had the kind of performance of a striker where everything stuck to him where he made bad passes look good because yep. a lot of the balls that he was chasing were mm. lost causes but yeah. because he got them under
2: control mm so easily and brought other people into play it looked yeah. more like a coherent plan but it's so crucial as well when yeah. you, you're away from home against a better side and now they've started they were the better team though Scotland as we say but to have that Sticking point up front to bring others into play. I mean, you saw Ryan Christie was superb as well. He was, and uh, someone should have told him he was very upset after the game. You know, scored a lovely little goal. Uh, I say, why did I say little? Lovely goal. He was. I say little because he just sort of smacked it it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It was. It was. It was, it was Snuck in the corner. Absolutely glorious uh, in, in off the post, of course. And they did have a couple of moments where you thought maybe we would get the second. But to be honest, they looked pretty comfortable in defence. I thought mm. Gallagher did a great job on Mitrovic. Um, yeah. He really kept him quiet. And then, of course, McTominay playing in a back through he did well. It shows you just switched off for that equaliser. And the story could be oh so different, couldn't it? Because the nice header uh, from, from Jovic. And uh, and, and one all. You think, oh, surely not. But then Marshall made a huge save in extra time an yep. absolutely magnificent save and they get it to penalties and you thought to yourself well then there was the chat about the, the Serbian goalkeeper who saved Rake four or seven yeah. penalties he's yeah, got a bit of a reputation the save mm. penalties yeah um, but and Lee Griffiths what was it first touch of the ball or, yeah. or first meaningful touch really slots in and the way the penalties were going and when Mitrovic stepped up, I know it's easy to say and so on, but I have seen that man sadly miss a fair few penalties yeah. for Fulham. Even though it wasn't a bad penalty, actually. It was a great no, save. Good save.
3: You called that, though, didn't you? You said, oh, yeah, mitro has got a bit of that in, it, in him.
2: Yeah, well, he's, he's just missed a few, but... but I- but I feel that kind of takes away from the save, actually, because it wasn't like he just sort of he didn't do an Adamola Lookman and just tap no. it to the keeper, or he didn't hit it over the bar. It was in the corner, and it was a superb but save the, from the, Marshall.
3: The, the thing I find with Mitro in that situation is, and I agree with um I agree with whichever pundit it was who said it that he's he's the main man, right? So he wants to be seen as being being the guy who takes the fifth pen.
2: I disagreed with Fletcher when he said that. Actually, when he said Mitrovic wants the glory and all that kind of stuff, I think I think it's responsibility.
3: Yeah, I it might be, That might be a kind of way of putting it. I mean, yeah. that ultimately, it's been done by design that he's taken the fifth penalty because they plan who takes the. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe if we're being unfair to him, maybe it's because he wants the glory. If we're being fair to him, it's because he takes the responsibility. Fine. My point was just going to be that. You know, it's a big moment. This, Mm. right? And I know I've talked about this before, but I don't know why someone of the quality of Mitrovic, who can strike the ball so well, doesn't just just smash it, just smash the lever off it. Mm. There's no way a keeper will save it if it goes. Towards the, the 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 corners of the of the goal, not even right in the corner. If you hit it hard enough, keeper can't save it.
2: Yeah, I, I know what you mean, but he did stick it in the corner, though. He did put it down to to that side. Like I say, this I, I, would I, some
3: people suggest that Marshall's maybe off his line, and that's
2: well, what. Well, the VAR wouldn't, and that's why but there's no VAR that was there for that. Well, are you sure? But okay, but you saw the replay. He had his foot on the line. But he, he, I mean, of, of all the keepers, you're bringing that up. I mean, it, to be fair to him, has it got to be
3: both feet though?
4: No, no, you can only... You,
3: you so can as long as you've got well. one, it's
4: okay. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, so key, It's a new technique that you see keepers doing now where yes. it's they, they push off and they make sure they're but, almost taken off from the line. Or right, behind yeah. the
2: line, you see sometimes yeah, just yeah. standing and such. I was going to say. I mean, to be fair to Marshall, he did his. He d- he did. Uh... He did
4: check. Yeah. Yeah. Double check.
2: <laughs> so was
3: he checking that? or Was he checking if the maths were right?
2: No, he was checking because he I... was
4: at the point where he had his thumbs up.
2: That's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Can yeah. I go? Can I a what... fucking
4: mental now? You yeah, see that? I saved it. <laughs> you see me
2: save it? I did it. Well, I thought he was checking his maths, but then they said that after the game that the referee said, "Don't celebrate." Um, because we need oh. to make sure. Okay. Uh, right. But they got it spot on if you saw the replays. His, okay. His, I mean, Fair enough. I don't would,
3: want to take anything away from him anyway. It I mean, would have been absolutely gutting.
2: Yeah, Sorry, Sam.
4: Imagine that <laughs> yeah. all in a pile on like well, them. And the, he just the, ta- tapped on the shot. Sorry, Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to just get back up? What well, <laughs> yeah.
2: for Marshall was he's looking at the referee going, is that okay? Please say yes. Quickly, because there's about 15 <laughs> blokes there yeah. heading over it and they are just seconds away from me. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah fine. <laughs> yeah, it's like Vish <laughs> trying to get his name out before the music kicks in.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just thumbs up to yeah. everyone. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. My yeah. goodness. The, the worrying thing, though, looking ahead to the tournament for England, is that Yuri Geller looks like he's uh, changed sides. Oh. I um, mean, I mean, Yuri Geller is a fucking idiot. Come on. He is. He's got power. He's proved it yet again. (laughs) (laughs) Do you reckon he did that for every pen? Probably, Probably, yeah. He released a video of him with (laughs) a Scotland shirt saying, oh, Mitchell's going to miss. Did you see his little recorder on record... Playback <laughs> <laughs> for those who didn't see Yuri Geller, you all know who he is. Yeah. Uh, was was standing in front of the TV, holding up a Euro '96 Scotland shirt, saying, "You know, I've got the power." We've all
3: moved on. No, we well, he hasn't. We, we he, for those who don't remember, he claimed that he was able to get the ball moving on the spot for Gary McAllister's penalty against yeah. England, which David Seaman saved. Is that right?
2: From no. a he, from a helicopter above Wembley, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it does move quite oddly. Yeah, you do, don't for, Geller, don't forget, Geller bailed us out of that situation. <laughs>
4: <laughs> will there
3: be a, will there be a parade in Scotland for Urigella? Well, he does Social own distant. he
2: does own an island in Scotland. Okay. He owns Lamb or Lamb Island, as it's often called. Um uh, it was it, or, apparently it was purchased on the eleventh of february two thousand nine, according to Lamb Island's Wikipedia page. The island was bought by Urigela, who states that he, <laughs> that he believes it is a hiding place for ancient Egyptian treasure. Is it I mean, is this made up? Uh, well, is someone on the Wikipedia? I don't know, but Geller, Geller does own an island. He said everybody to my island. It's it's uninhabited, apparently. Is he
3: alright? Yeah, I was gonna say, it's un- I don't wanna come. I just don't wanna come, thanks. I'm alright.
2: Yeah, yeah, well, you go there and you anyway.
3: So uh, imagine imagine like David Marshall getting home to his family. Anyway, I'm just quick turnaround and get changed. Uh, I, I do want to celebrate with you, but I've got to go to this island with Yuri Geller. Yeah. That is intervention stuff. <laughs> It?
2: I absolutely love it. Yeah, I bloody love it. So they're there, and they're going Good to on be. Uh, they're going to be at Wembley. Good um,
3: on them, and not on Urigella. No.
2: Um Sadly, uh, Northern Ireland will not be joining us at the Euros. Oh my goodness, sad. sad. I mean, yeah, Slovakia. Great for them, of course. And Scotland plays Slovakia on the weekend, and as people have quite rightly said, that could be um, a rather hazy affair for some of those players. Um, but Northern Ireland, yeah. I mean, you look at the goals that were conceded. I think, avoidable. And then you think of the chance that Evans had right at the end of uh, extra time. I mean, not... I understand he had to generate his own power on the header, but all in all, again, a home game against Slovakia. They did have a, a, a few fans, was it about 1,000 in there? It's gutting for Northern Ireland. It really, really is. Yeah, um, They've done so well to get there. And, and they, obviously they made the Euros last time around. Um, there was a big moment with, with Carl Lafferty. And I know it's harsh to kind of hone in on these things, Vish. They did on the highlights uh, last night on the television He could have played it to his left, played the man on his left, and then he had the chance to play him on his right. And the thing is, if he slots that in the bottom corner, you know, Mm. you think, oh, well, there we are. But uh, as I say, a bit harsh to maybe focus on that. But it's gutting, though. All those moments considered, you know, they'll think to themselves this morning, how are we not there?
4: Yeah. And again, the way they came back, I was kind of like, well, I mean, they're almost about the same time, weren't they? I know Mm. um, Nonaan equalised a few minutes earlier before um, Serbia did, but... Yeah, it kind of felt like we were going to have that full house, really. I mean, aside from um, teams we've missed out from, from these shores. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I feel I feel really bad for them. And this kind of felt like, you know, I feel like we've watched Carl Lafferty for the last 30 years. Mm. You know, he's been an ever-present around, around football, specifically non Irish football. And he picked up a mantle from David Healy brilliantly yep. well, to be honest, coming up with really important goals. Even what, that Northern Ireland have always had that quality where, the players will come together from the national team mm-hmm. and almost leave whatever form or lack of form they have at their clubs mm-hmm. and really bind together. And yeah, Lafferty, along with someone like Johnny Evans, this is probably the end. Really, when you think about it, I know I saw people talking about this is pretty, you could count this as the third golden generation that Northern Ireland have had, and they've given them so many good memories over the last two to three years. And well, yes, yeah, huge shame. Well, the galling
3: part of it, I suppose. From the point of view of a Northern Ireland fan, would be Slovakia is exactly the kind of team that you saw Northern Ireland beat yeah. on the way to Euro twenty sixteen, mm. and they topped their group and they you know, they beat Hungary, they beat Romania. I think mm. they finished above them in a group. Certainly, Finland were in a mm. group as well. Greece, those kind of. I know yeah, Greece yeah. were in a bit of a, that. Greece were in a sorry <coughs> state at the time, weren't they? they were having a real difficult time of it, but. Those middling nations yeah, yeah. when Northern Ireland had their, their real moment in the sun in 2016, those were the teams they were they were beating. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they even went to Hungary and won, didn't they? They won yeah. in Hungary. Maybe they didn't beat Romania, but they finished above them in the group anyway. That's a great result. Yeah, and, and so... For, and, and the manner of the game as well, where where they push and push and push. They forced their own goal late on mm. from um, Scrinier, wasn't mm, it? Yeah. And, um, yeah, they just miss out. It's disappointing. Very disappointing.
2: Yeah, it's a shame. Um, and it would have been nice to see all four home nations, as you say, at the, the Euros, mm. which would have been a real collector's item. Although I, I should say, by the way, that uh, if you remember when we did our predictions from last season, mm-hmm. we unveiled them. My prediction... Um, was because of the the pandemic and all the rest of it, we we can say. Yeah, and I can now reveal my prediction was um, for the first time since 1958, England, Scotland, and Wales will qualify for a major tournament. It wasn't, was it? it
3: was it was it, well done. Well yeah. good. There we are.
2: You. Well done again, Yuri Speller. Now <laughs> yeah, you're talking. Yeah. Now you're talking. I saw him
3: bend the spoon earlier. <laughs> I
2: Think it was a spoon. I think so. Yeah. Um, uh, elsewhere, gentlemen, we have to mention <laughs> North Macedonia, who were in who were in the the, the lowest ranked uh, tier of the UEFA Nations League. They're at the tournament now and have obviously Goran Pandev scored yeah. the only goal yeah. of the game. Thirty-seven uh, year old, one hundred and fourteen caps. Yeah, that man. He was crying at the end of the game. This is a guy, Champions League winner. You know, won the treble with... It was a vital part of Mourinho's Mm. Inter. You know, he's a very uh, highly decorated footballer. He's played some... some real sort of great stuff in his career if you, if you don't know him that's a great year at Lazio as He's well he did yeah a phenomenal player and so wonderful for him and North Macedonia that it, it, great it, moment for them well it had to be him I mean Vish if you're thinking who got the goal for North Macedonia you're thinking well I've only got one option here. <laughs> yeah.
3: if you ask that question in 20 years time it yeah, might yeah, still yeah. be Goran Pandev.
2: well I suppose uh, what's his name he plays for Leeds maybe you could have uh... oh Alioski yeah yeah yeah. Mentioned. yeah. Um but yeah I did, marvellous for them and marvellous for Hungary as well oh Iceland will be gutted because that was a hell of a turnaround.
3: It was an amazing um, goal on the break to win it. Yes, it was from a player that everyone's excited about. Yeah, um, um, place for a lot. Um, Salzburg doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. People yeah, are yeah. excited about. Him. He's been linked to it with a, with a few, the few big moves. But for him to in that in that portion of the game when you know fatigue is setting in for him to go that round and hit that in off the post, a beautiful goal. Um, amazing and, for them.
2: But it was it, the, the the goalkeeper of Hungary would have been breathing a sigh of relief because oh, yeah. it was his mistake, wasn't big it? Big time
3: early on I was
2: surprised actually I thought Iceland would go there and and do the job Um, but Hungary are back at the Euros as they were in 2016
3: well maybe Iceland and Northern Ireland can do a kind of the spirit of 2016 kind of reunion tour can they they play each other go around different nations Mm -hmm. remember when it was 2016 and it was great could do that couldn't they
2: yeah I mean it would be quite degrading wouldn't it (laughs) That will
4: make them think twice about yeah, yeah. what they did to us, didn't they? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Where's your yeah. Viking clap now?
2: Viking yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 tears. Don't worry, yeah. the, uh, the Scotland fans will be doing that at Wembley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember this, lads. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Kane's going, hang on, what's that? Southgate's own, don't worry, don't worry. Yeah. Where's the memory wiper, quick?
4: <laughs> does the, I know I mentioned this before we started recording, but mm-hmm. does Gareth Southgate's tenure end with a, a draw against Scotland? in the Euros next year
3: well I don't know is it the final group game no France? it's the second one Okay. so if England lose
2: their but, but first
4: it's one a, it's the one that you know it's that the one that makes a third game out of their hands no, it, results go their way elsewhere I, no
2: I was thinking that Croatia would beat England in the first game and Scotland put England out and it's kind of like oh Gareth, yeah, we expected so much
3: more. Yeah, I think Gareth, Gareth's credit in the bank, so to speak, will well and truly be used up by that point <laughs> yeah. if that happens. Yeah. Oh, Get the waistcoat. It's too late for the waistcoat, Gareth. Yeah, I...
2: <laughs> forget it. Forget it. <laughs> oh dear. All right, ladies and gentlemen. After the break, we will talk about England. See you in a moment.
0: Wrestle Me is a show where two men watch every WrestleMania from 1 to
1: 37, unpicking the multicoloured threads that tie it all together.
3: I think it's slightly something to do with the fact that Americans don't really like cell phones, do they? I think they've all got basic ones, basically. (laughs) That's a big shout. It is a big shout, but I mean, there is something funny about it, like text messaging never took off in the States. Well, come on now. Never been big.
1: (laughs) Whether you're a lapsed fan or someone who doesn't give a flying
3: laureate about it, there's something for everyone. If you can get a crowd to boo you for kicking a fabulous ladder, a fabulous ladder, and the crowd are booing. Yeah, get just, off that lovely ladder we've just learned about. It's a beautiful polysexual ladder. <laughs> it's a beautiful and very shabby chic
4: creation. If you climb up to it, ecstasy can be found at the top. <laughs> Listen via
1: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your pods. WrestleMe Me is a staccano production.
3: Hello, I am Sven Goran Eriksson and you are listening to the Football
2: Ramble. Oh, there he is, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Football Ramble preview show sponsored by Betway. Before we talk about England, let's have some emails. Well done indeed. Now we have an email here from Ollie King. Dear Ramble team, I was very happy to hear you touch on the prestigious Epsom and Newell under Nines League this week. That's
3: not far from where you grew, uh, spent a bit of time, isn't it?
2: It was very close. Yeah, Ash yeah. is next to yeah. uh, uh, Epsom. Yeah. Of course. Uh, Matt Elliott once played for Epsom Eagles, I believe. There we go. Went on to play for Scotland, of course, because he couldn't play for England. No. Because he wasn't good enough. <laughs> um, he, won't have,
3: he won't let Scotland have their day. I know, It's a yeah. dig, isn't it?
2: No, I mean, it's it. more Matt Elliott. Yeah, but you really will have a guy that even the, the better than Scotland. No, I'm not having a guy. I'm, i worked with him once, and uh, and you didn't like him. No, he's a lovely fellow. And you
4: thought from now on, I'm going to make your life a misery. Not your favourite Leicester centre back, though,
2: is he? Certainly not. But uh, Jerry, Jerry Taggart, he loves Jerry Taggart. Big Jezza. <laughs> <laughs> Um But uh, <laughs> give it a mozzie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um uh, uh, Matt Elliott. Yeah, he said in front of the. Uh, the packed crowd where we were doing this gig um, in uh, Euro 2012. That was all the way back then. Um, the- <laughs> that when he played for Scotland they didn't do very well when he was playing he was like yeah no I was a double agent <laughs> <laughs> so they <they're> words words bitch <laughs> not mine yeah. um, anyway uh, back to uh, Ollie King's uh, email yes he was very happy to hear about uh, Epsom and the Niners League I also used to referee uh, this league when I was 16 and now it's in the spotlight there's something I must say um, I mean there's a spotlight on it I suppose <laughs> uh, while refereeing a game I gave a decision which one of the ruthless nine year olds was unhappy about he shot his left Left arm up in the air in rage, gave me the middle finger. I promptly took appropriate action, sending him off, much to the shock of the crowd. My dad was watching the game and came up to me afterwards, asking why I'd sent him off. I explained the situation, and he very quickly disagreed with me, saying no middle finger was raised. Coincidentally, I had an eye test later that week where it turned out I was very short sighted. <laughs> Having seen the world through my fresh new specs, I immediately knew I'd made a mistake. Please, may I use your platform to apologise for many possibly horrendous decisions made in the first half of the the 11-12 season. You deserved better. He could have ruined some careers there. He could have done, yeah. My goodness. That kid
4: is now uh, a 19, 20-year-old. And probably hates the game. We need to get probably hates any kind of authority now.
3: We need to get Charlie Nicholas in to say to him, well, you should have gone to Specsavers <laughs> ref because you won't even wear your glasses when you're driving your car because you think, you know,
4: you
2: should have done that. He should have done. <laughs> Maybe he did. Maybe he did.
4: I've got an email here from Sean Howe. Uh, Greeting, Ramblers. Listening to Andy's story about forgetting his watch while reffing in Sunday League reminded me of a similar situation I encountered a few years ago. It was a cold Monday evening, and I decided to pop down to my local team, Hastings United, where the under-18s under were playing the FA Youth Cup. Unfortunately, I'd arrived five minutes late and missed the game's only goal, but it would turn out I would watch more than 19 minutes of football anyway. As the 19th minute approached, we looked longingly towards the sideline for the announcement of stoppage time, as it was blindingly obvious the young youths were not going to get anything from this game. But there was no sign of the game stopping. The crowd began to feel uneasy, looking at their watches and phones, I'm sure we played ninety five minutes. Did we miss the board? Another more fruity quotes echoed around the ground. Still nothing. It was at this moment I realized that it was probably what was probably happening. The game was a seven thirty p m kickoff, but the ref must have been on autopilot, thinking it was seven forty five Then followed the most depressing ten minutes of football i've ever seen. Fans, coaches, and even some of the players were pleading with the ref to stop the game only to be met with a steadfast denial from the man in the center. The knackered Hastings teams were experiencing what could only be described as death death by a thousand misplaced passes. Eventually, the final whistle blew after what inadvertently became 17 minutes of stoppage time and we could finally escape as a retractable tunnel had been blocking our escape route for the entirety of the shambles. (laughs) At least I got my money's worth.
3: That is unbelievable. But listen, referees are human beings as well. Where's the fourth? Where's the fourth? At that level, maybe the fourth isn't able to communicate with the referee and say, come on. Let's have a of uh, a final whistle here. You'd yeah. start
4: crying, wouldn't you? I don't know why, but that reminded me. There was this indie band in the early two thousands. I don't think they were particularly big, but they had a song which. What started, was the name? I can't remember. I can't oh, right. remember. Yeah, but they started with um this one of their songs started with an intro that sounded a lot like My Sharona. Okay. And so they would play gigs, and people would shout My Sharona, just as that as they yeah. come into their actual song. Yeah. And one day, they were playing a gig of about two hundred people, and so uh, someone shouted this, and they were like fuck it, we're going to play My Sharona. Hmm. And so they played the intro to My Sharona for an hour and a half. No. <laughs> and apparently 20 minutes in, people were like, you know, people were going, going along with it. And 20 minutes in, they were like, hold on, he's not going to stop, is he? Wow. And apparently by 40 minutes, people were crying.
2: <laughs> no. <laughs>
4: That's crazy. That's not... Absolutely incredible. I think he was in Seattle. I think there's um, information available so, for So there's, there's a
3: story about Neil Young, who was really cantankerous back in the 70s, and he wanted just to play all this new stuff. And so when he he did a massive show, he was a really big recording artist at the time. And um, he came out and all he played was songs Mm. from an album that hadn't come out yet that was coming out like next week or whatever. And um, he could tell people were getting more and more annoyed about it because they wanted to hear all the classic songs. But he didn't give a shit. And at the very end, he said, okay, all right, I'll play one that you might have heard before. And everyone started cheering. And he just played the first song again.
4: (laughs) <laughs> That's
2: very good. There we go. There we go, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. That were the emails. That
3: were
0: show
2: Right, gentlemen, let's talk about England. Hey, another win, another clean sheet. My goodness, we're gathering momentum, aren't we?
3: It is like a runaway freight train. <laughs> Everything's coming up Southgate. Bel- Belgium
2: are just thinking, please don't stop at our
3: station. We are stopping at your station, oh, Belgium. We are.
2: Next. We bloody well are. <laughs> yeah. In a three four three formation. Tickets, please. Yeah. Chew fucking chew. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh dearie me, Ireland, not very good at all. It wasn't a vintage performance no, by them. they but... started quite brightly actually um, yeah. and then they, they soon sort of tailed off. I mean, the the, win the streak is now six matches, they're not scoring goals and Matt Doherty said, uh, it's frustrating, I feel embarrassed sometimes when I come off the pitch because we're losing games, conceding goals and not scoring, it's not nice. And I, I, feel, I feel a bit sorry for him because I see what sort of Kenny's trying to do. I think that he's trying to make them a little bit more attacking because that's obviously not what you get with the old Miko McCarthy. Mm. I mean, they should have beaten Slovakia in that game, and they should have been playing Northern Ireland. But of course, that's all done and dusted now. But England—I mean, it was—I uh, mean, Roy Keane was it, likening it to a training match, mm. and obviously, with no fans in the stadium, it was a kind of hastily uh, organized friendly. You know, so there wasn't much to it. so There's not much to go on. Um, but of course, Fish—all this chat about Mason Mount and uh, Jack Grealish, both of them in the starting lineup.
4: Yeah, yeah. I don't see why it couldn't have happened before, but it does make sense that with Mount playing in that more withdrawn position, as someone who, you know, when you see what he does at Chelsea, it probably end up being something he does more long-term, considering their attacking talent, where he'd be, mm. you know, pushed back into midfield more, and therefore, you know, have the energy and tactical nas to work around that, and do all the pressing and do everything in between. Very good on the ball, obviously. And yeah, I thought it was the... This game was if, if we got anything from this game, it's hopefully to nip that Grealish versus Mount mm. Bollocks in the bud. Because I think it's not been particularly helpful for, for yeah. either of them actually. Yeah. You know, even though Grealish is the one who's been garnering all the support, I don't think he was he's helped by that. And I don't think England as a whole are gonna be benefiting from having two players seemingly at odds with each other, even mm. though they're not actually at odds with each other well, so, everything, um, everything's
2: so polarised isn't it these days I know, yeah. you can't, yeah. I think Grealish is a handy but uh, what you're not amazing man you're a <laughs> scumbag yeah. like, oh me. I, th- I think if I could make a, a
3: possibly by now trademark big shout Go on. Um, it would be that if you're going to play three up front mm-hmm. and you're England you've got to play Grealish off the left yeah. you have to play mm-hmm. him I,
2: I, I completely agree I can't agree. see
3: what the reason would be to not play him now
2: well I think yeah I, I think that it's interesting with the formation with the 3-4-3 three, because three, I think that against lesser teams or weaker teams i can see how that formation would kind of lend itself a bit i i actually think against better teams i think england would be better off with 433 i know there's that whole kind of oh, we don't trust the defence and you don't want to shore up the defence with with three in there but
3: i th- I don't know. I, I, a lot of people think that you need to have three in the middle in international football. That's the, that's well, the defense consensus. or midfield. midfield.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think if you you can have a shield to the back line as well. If uh, you know you're concerned, and I understand the concerns, but one of the positives was, you know, even though it was a very pedestrian friendly as Maguire, you know, it was a clean sheet and he scored a goal. And you might say, well, that doesn't really mean much, but for the players as individual confidence, then that, that means something. I think. You'd rather win a game and not win it.
3: Well, exactly. For yeah. sure. And you'd rather, I mean, particularly someone like Maguire, who's had a bit of a sticky patch.
2: A negative press.
3: Yeah, to get to get a good commanding performance in. Um, I, look, I'm not gonna, I don't want to be disrespectful to Ireland, but I, I don't think overall England were up against March last night. But mm. Maguire still was able to put a commanding performance in. I thought Saka on the left was outstanding as yeah. well.
2: Um, oh, he should have scored. He should have. That was such would have been such a lovely. Tyrone Mings would have been like that. Could have been an assist. Yeah, you yeah. idiot. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I will not make a better assist than that in my career. <laughs> it was a really poor finish. You have to say. No, it was such a show. Generally speaking, he was fantastic. Grealish has been has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Reese James as well. He's yeah. outstanding. I think he's the as I said before. He's
2: taken to it like a duck to water. He has. You sometimes get these players where you know some people need to bed in. That's totally understandable. And some people, you know, it just doesn't never sort of quite has them. Some of them hit the ground running, and he looks like he could be one of those players. Vision when you have that the manager, will be like, Well, hang on, this could save me a you know, he's, little he's, bit. Of time. He's a
3: standout right back for right side of defence for England, he's yeah. A standout.
2: Certainly, at the moment, with Trent
4: Alexander's yeah. form, mm-hmm. um, and he does an injury think, as well, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I think he does a lot of the same things that Alex uh, Trent Alexander does as well. I think the um, one of the interesting <laughs> things when you talk to people who have covered Rhys James's rise is that he's. They they say this about a lot of young players, don't they? That they they take a step up um, Mm -hmm. in their stride, and I think he's someone in particular who, because he started out as a midfielder, Mm -hmm. I think he's got really good spatial awareness, Mm. Um, and so when he does go forward, he can cover he can cover in the middle as well, and he's done that a couple of times for Chelsea actually. Mm -hmm. Um, Lampard has used him to come on and and kind of shore up the midfield, and so in that regard, he's a good squad player. But I mean, I think you start him; he's got such great energy as well. Uh, he's a remarkable player. We're, we're, I know we've we've talked at length about the um, you know the riches we have at right back, but I think having him there in particular because he he's got the defensive side specifically as well yeah. and can go forward. Um, yeah, I, th- I think we're in we're in good shape. I'm not so much worried about the back, and I think Harry Maguire's performance was all the more important given the mm-hmm. injury to Joe Gomez. Mm-hmm. It's more that left actually. Do you think I don't? <laughs> Miyako Saka is a brilliant player. I don't think, I'm, I'm kind of worried that he might be seen as a long term fit at that uh, defensive left side position mm-hmm. because I think not only do we lose a bit of him going forward, and I, I think primarily actually he could be easily be an option from coming in from the right, mm-hmm. being a more dexterous front player. But I wonder if he might be a bit caught out there in those games. But as you said at the top of this point, if we're only playing against teams that we know England are going to see more of the ball, then maybe that's not a problem to worry about. Mm-hmm.
3: England are in a bit of a funny situation, though, for two reasons, I think. One, they need to settle on what team they want to play and they need mm. to get used to it pretty quick because they've got two Nations League games coming up. I imagine there'll be, what, a couple organised for the spring before the Euros? Yeah,
2: They'll be friendlies. There could be a couple probably end of May or whenever it would be, yeah. conducive, who knows the so schedule. So you,
3: you're going to have a handful of games yeah. from now until then. Mm-hmm. Right, They've got to sort out what they want to do because yeah. against Iceland they played four at the back and they've played through it about more recently with four in the midfield, and mm-hmm. I think they played slightly differently in the, the game against Denmark, was it? They played a three, four, one, two, slightly differently, mm-hmm. off the top of my head anyway, it doesn't matter. But the point being, they've got to settle. Mm-hmm. And secondly, they're, they're in a situation where we all know, realistically, we can be confident now, although it was only four years ago, we can be confident now, I think, that a game against Iceland, like in 2016, mm-hmm. probably is unlikely to happen now. Mm-hmm. England will beat teams like that. We saw it in 2018. They'll beat a Sweden. They'll mm-hmm. beat a Colombia. And yeah, there might be a rocky patch along the way, as there was in Columbia, against Colombia. But they'll beat these teams. But the problem isn't that. The problem is even in 2018, when they have that amazing run, they lose to Belgium twice. Yep. You know, they they. I don't think England. I, I know they've had a result against Belgium recently. But generally speaking, in a big tournament, there is not, and you guys around the table might be different to me, but I feel like there's no confidence at all that they're going to be anyone good mm-hmm. anytime soon. And that's a real problem. And I said that to Andy on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he said, well, you know, look at what happened with Germany. It took them ages to sort themselves out. And, and they invested in the process, and they stuck with people, and, and mm-hmm. they eventually won the World Cup.
4: it's a bit
2: different Andy
3: yeah it is different because England are fucking England
2: I know and And Germany have got loads and loads of recent and long history of doing very well so I wonder
3: what the solution to that is and I wonder if because we're England and because we got carried away in 2018 and we enjoyed it and it was a brilliant summer it's been glossed over the fact that they didn't play anyone that good and that it was the challenges that were were beyond Mm. them and the team's very different now True, but is it better or is it worse or is it just the mm. an experience and we can't be in that position forever?
2: But he had his system. He, he, he knew the system and the system, yeah, with a, with a fortuitous draw, got them that far. But I, I think, you know, he is having a tink. It'll be interesting to see against Belgium uh, because that's, you know, Belgium will be wanting to win that game. I know there's no fans and da, 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 it's the same for everybody. So everybody's dragged down at the same level um, with regards to what's going on. And I, I, I mean, the, the, the whole sort of Jack Grealish thing, I think you're right, Luke. I think having Grealish on the left gives such a different option because I think, you know, the way Kane likes to drop deep sometimes and play in Sun, as it would be for Spurs, and then Sterling uh, for England, you know, that works quite nicely. But you don't have to have two similar wingers. I think sometimes, especially in this country, People uh, are obsessed almost with symmetry when it comes to formations, mm. and they think, oh, well, the, the the left winger has to be pacey if the right winger's pacey, it have to be sort of quite similar. Because even Rashford and Sterling are slightly different players, you know. But you're going to have a, a, a right-footed, left-sided player, really, uh, whoever comes in. And so I think I think the way Grealish, but I mean Southgate himself said, you know, Grealish was good; he was really in really good form. He's playing in the areas we want him to play. But Southgate also says we're not as strong physically in in midfield as we might normally be. Um, and, and I suppose he could have been saying that in the context of just the Ireland game, but I think Southgate is aware of England's shortcomings, which is why it gives me a bit of hope, you know, that you don't hear some of the bluster that you heard from other England managers. I think he's quite realistic, Southgate.
4: Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. Well, he, he basically got the job off the back of tempering expectations, didn't he? Well, he because didn't want the job. It, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that for a start. Which was a also, masterstroke
2: from the FA. <laughs> <laughs> Give the job to a bloke who doesn't want it and, yeah. uh, and we'll be okay.
4: But also, you know, I suppose the circumstances around how he got into the job in the in the first place. sure. I I was trying to work it out in my head and I figured that the best place to start on what I think would be an ideal England side is to essentially start from the midfield three and work outward. Mm. Because as you said there, you don't need to have symmetry with your wingers. You can have Grealish on one side and you can have whoever else on the other. To allow them to do what they do further forward, you'll need certain players, like mm-hmm. like having Mount where he was yesterday, mm-hmm. who can kind of fill in the gaps around them so yeah. that they we're not so lopsided yeah. or even just having an option of breaking into the box at a certain mm-hmm. time. And that's going to change depending on who, whether that's Grealish or whether that's Sancho or whether that's Rashford or mm-hmm. Sterling.
2: And the opposition as well.
4: Yeah, of course. And so I, I think Southgate has in his head... A seven midfielders mm-hmm. who give him a bit of dexterity everywhere else mm. and I think he's going to have to work out and perhaps already has worked out against certain types of opposition who plays where and what that means for everywhere else because mm. that mid you know Luke said you got to play international football with the midfield three because of England are in a, in a quite a blessed position where they have a lot of very different midfielders mm-hmm. case in point being James Ward-Prowse comes in on merit and, real, and plays a very different position hence that why he, when he's injured you don't call up Ross Barkley mm. you don't call up Madison mm. you call up Bellingham I think we're I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to trust him on this yeah, I know because you I, I think he has an idea of you know what, what, what weaves into other areas of the you, field and that's
2: the danger though isn't it with previous England managers we've gone all right, Gerard and Lampard. No, we, all right, we've got to trust him, or you know, or various others. Yeah. And you're going kind to of go, yeah, it didn't work. I think we. How did you not see that? Yeah, with whether it would be Capello as well, or yeah. McLaren, or even poor old Roy Hodgson. You know, but, the well, results speak for themselves.
3: Without being too negative towards Gareth, um, because I know he's got a, a huge fan base in this uh, in this <laughs> studio. He um, earned it. Yeah, no, fair, no, fair enough, and he's the man of the job. We should support him. We're, mm. we're England fans, and you know, but I think we have to be a little bit critical occasionally. Like, I know England got a positive result against Belgium. It was mm. a bit of a weird game. It was, but mm. if you look at the players that they had, um, it's. it's, it's it's too slow.
2: The game's not going to pan yeah, out like that in a tournament.
3: It's it, it, Rice and Henderson midfield yeah. in front of um, Maguire. Well, this is and it. Dyer. It's
2: too slow. Well, this is it. With, with, you can't with, do that international football. If at the England top level. are going to play two in the centre of midfield, they do not have a Patrick Vieira or a Roy Keane. Or, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like the real commanding, uh, you know, or Kevin De Bruyne, you know, something like that. A bit more of a contemporary reference, um, and that's my concern. Whereas when he played the midfield three at the World Cup and in the UEFA Nations League before, you do have a few different types of midfielders, as you say, Vish. And so Mount can play that sort of more shuttling role. That, like, remember, Deli Alley and Jesse Lingard played those two roles for England at the World Cup. It seems strange to think that now, but they did. And he got, you know, they got decent performances out of them. So I, I think that there's, there's still a little bit of a way in, in terms of what Southgate's done. But if he's thinking, I want two different systems, three four three and 4 3 then um, then then he's then he's got that hasn't he so or or he's, or, he, or he's working towards that you know
4: football hasn't changed that much it really sometimes is about hold give and do it at the right time
0: exactly, <laughs> exactly. yeah and greatly, you'll
2: get round the back
0: yeah exactly
2: gentlemen before we go to uh, four to score we have to talk about uh, what what we what we surely think is the world's longest penalty ever mm-hmm. ever ever taken uh, which which happened uh, in the Chilean first division Now, on October the 15th, Curico Unido and Universidad Católica's game uh, in the Chilean First Division was postponed while VAR was reviewing a penalty call. A fire caused a blackout in the stadium. The match was played on Wednesday this week, so restarting the penalty. The normal taker for Catolica, Cesar Pinares, was sold and the Chilean FA had to authorise an extra sub. <laughs> well, he's got to take it. Yeah, no, but He's not even in this city. He's got to take he's it. He's playing for our rivals now. <laughs> he's retired. but well, he's got to save it as well. Then. <laughs> uh, he had to be retaken twice as the keeper stepped off his line twice. Not like David Marshall. No, it was eventually scored just shy of 654 hours after it was given.
3: Amazing! That is a VAR turnaround. Listen, imagine you got to wait that long for VAR. Oh. When he come, when the keeper stepped off his line the first time, do you reckon mm. the referee was like, "Are you taking the piss? Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <Like> <laughs> crying out, ruddy loud.
3: If you, anyone out there can beat that, which I doubt. Yeah. That is the the stars aligning for a ridiculous situation. Indeed. Um, Four to score uh, with Betway. It's now time for that. Entry to Betway's four to score is free. Each week, you pick the first goal scorer in Betway's four selected matches for your chance to win the weekly £50,000 jackpot. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game for rather obvious reasons and further T's and C's apply. Okay, four games. Game one, Portugal v France. Saturday night, Marcus...
2: Cristiano Ronaldo. It's a textbook selection. <laughs> I've not done well this season. Um, if, if, if I can bank on somebody doing the business.
3: One thing I forgot to mention earlier, because oh, no. Cristiano Ronaldo just reminded me of Gareth Bale. Mm. Gareth Bale was present for the Wales game Yeah. Uh, in the stand. Yep. I think he might have been watching the US Masters on his MacBook. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> he definitely had his MacBook open. And every time they cut to him, he wasn't really watching the game. Yeah. So anyway, if, you, if you're listening, Gareth, let us know what you were watching.
2: What were you watching? The US Football, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, the Masters, but the, you know where the old players
4: play. I watch little... the ball being, I watch the ball being knocked around. These US <laughs> Masters
2: who have turned up here. Yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> anyway,
3: Cristiano Ronaldo, game two, uh, Switzerland v Spain. That's also Saturday night. Vish, you're up.
4: I'm going for Alvaro Morata.
2: Okay, mm. because
4: he's he's had a bit of a weird time of mm. it, hasn't he? To the hat trick this loud. he's scoring and Mm -hmm. i think he's gonna get a legitimate one
2: he is spanish as
4: well so he can play yes yeah that (laughs) That was one of those i had to check actually yeah, yeah. that
3: is key um well we'll take your word for that vish uh game three is andy it's germany v ukraine here's andy's pick morning ramblers what an absolute delight to be doing germany versus ukraine this week um on four to score um Now, Yogi Lov said after the win against Czech Republic this week that um, he's done with experimenting and he's going to pick the best team possible for this game against Ukraine, which uh, we're assuming means none of the players who did very well but um, aren't, aren't first picks against Czech Republic aren't going to actually be involved. So, therefore, I think we've got to go with Serge Gnabry, 14 goals in 15 internationals and one of the best players in the world, over the last year year and a half so yeah Gnabry not Werner definitely not Werner yeah definitely Serge Gnabry thank you very much Andy Uh, you absolute windbag (laughs) (laughs) 44 seconds that was pick a player we can't, call him a, we can't call my dad
4: a wimback. <laughs> so your dad now. Yeah, I want to adopt him as my dad. That's, oh, that's kind of fair a thing. Though, I don't think yeah. it works like that, does it? Hang on, well, it's, it's my thing. Yeah, well, adopting dad is collecting them. Well no, just just brassels. Brussels is like a, a strong dad, isn't it? It's
3: embarrassing because 'cause you're about the same age as well. Yeah, but I can still I still need the guidance. <laughs> oh, okay. And his guidance. Why not a guardian? Yeah. Yeah, you could be a guardian. It's just that, like in *Curb* enthusiasm. It's like in *Curb* when um, Larry has an argument with Marty Funkhauser because Marty Funkhauser keeps calling it referring to himself as an orphan, and Larry <laughs> Davis says, "You're too old to be an orphan now."
2: <laughs> anyway, older brother, there you go. Yeah,
3: fine. Right, Serge Gnabry for Andy. Game force meets Belgium v England. I've gone for Harry. Kane. Of course you have. Because I'm sat next to Marcus and he's intimidating me to picking <laughs> an England player.
2: Gertrude. Gotcha.
3: Yeah. Uh, so Cristiano Ronaldo, Alvaro Morata, Serge Gnabry, Harry Kane. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game. Betway's 4 to score. It's completely free to play but you must be over the age of 18 and do gamble responsibly. Further tees and C's apply and for more information on responsible gambling head to org. Alright, now it's time for this. Wise Games is quite difficult to explain, but you'll get it as soon as you start hearing it. <laughs> it is time for Luke's Game. It is the lineal champion, the people's champion. Oh, hey, hey. The Alan Boxich of Luke's Game. Ooh. Marcus Speller versus. Oh, it just says Vish,
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually quite nervous. This is really sad. It's isn't
2: annoying, it? isn't it, when you get nervous about yeah. stuff that really doesn't matter?
3: Chance for you to grab the title. The title's changed hands so
2: many times. Yeah, I'm really pleased about it. I'm so glad I got it. Yeah. And now I feel I've moved. I'm, I've. I've moved on from Tim Henman status and I'm now sort of early, early stage Andy Murray. But do
3: you want to stay at the top, though? That's the thing, because the best people want to stay at the top.
2: Um, are, you,
3: are you just happy to be at the top?
2: More of a, yeah, more of a John Lydon than a John Legend. You'll probably
3: beat that lot of rubbish, won't you? No. <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> yeah.
3: can I just confirm um, what's in your belly
4: at the moment? Um, just coffee, like an oat, flat white. It needs to
3: be fire. Yeah, it does. Um, where's your head? My head? Yeah. Um, he's not got the memo no he? he hasn't got um, it no it needs yeah, to be in the freezer That's a bad story, um, freezer, if you've not got your fire on your belly on your head in the freezer you're not <laughs> going to succeed in this game but you shall are I, shall
4: I walk out now <laughs> no,
3: he's bluffing <laughs> yeah he is you are first up because you're the challenger
2: you little bluffer you
3: know how the game works you don't need me to tell you uh, you little bluffer um, I know you had a couple of weeks off because of laziness but you should be. have
2: researched it through this yeah <laughs> yeah he was ask yeah. him any player he's got it
3: yeah right okay I will ask him a player go on he's played for 8 clubs in total oh. he retired in 2013 yeah He is James Beatty. Beatles. James Beatty. By the way, I'm not going to get this fucking catchphrase of fire in the belly, head in the freezer, the catch on if you're not going to fucking step up to the mark, all right? (laughs) Next time, remember.
4: James Beatty. James Beatty, how long can I do this for? You, You
2: need to tell me
3: a number now. Uh, I'm going to start getting harsher on this.
2: Yeah, I think you should. Because
3: it's going on for too long these Mm. days.
2: I'm going to say three. Three. Mm. Marcus, do I hear four from you for James Beattie? I'd like him to name his three. Three clubs?
3: It's an opportunity for you here early on to stamp your authority down this game.
2: No, I don't know.
3: Three clubs. Marcus has read you like a book. I don't know. I think he's got this. (laughs) Um, That that James Beattie played for one at a time, please, uh, Vish. Southampton. That's correct. Built a whole career on about three months.
2: (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what a free kick against Chelsea, though. Yeah. Blackburn Rovers. That's also correct. Here we go. Start of his career there.
4: This might be utterly wild. Did he play a bit for Rangers?
1: Here it Vich.
3: is. It's 1 0. 1 0 Vish. Blackburn Rovers, Southampton, a big money move to Everton. Mm. Oh,
2: Everton, oh, yeah, Sheffield yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. United Stoke City Rangers Blackpool Sheffield United again finishes his career at Accrington Stanley Do you
2: know what Stoke was the one I, I had those three and I thought well, did he play for Stoke or am I thinking of Southampton
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah looks him wrong
2: Fair. What a start um, for Vish
3: Alright so it's 1-0 to Vish mm-hmm. Let me add a little bit of spice <laughs> <Ooh>, to that <bad. laughs> Please do Six players up next Here we go Alan Boxing Six players Sorry Six teams up next for this player uh-huh. Um uh, an absolute giant of the game. A legend of the game. A royalty, whichever way there we, there you slice it. It's Clarence sadoff, Clary Seidorf? Yeah. My goodness. Six clubs in total. Career from 1992 to 2014. How many of Clarence sadoff six clubs can you name Marcus Speller?
2: It's a good one, that. That's a very good one. Mm. Come on, Seidorf. Um
4: I don't think you have the facilities for that big man. <laughs>
3: Have you got the facilities?
2: I've got five.
4: Oh,
3: that is nice. That is a bounce back. What a counterpunch that is after going to go after going to point down. Vish, can you do all six? Do you five? Oh, okay. we want you to name your five one at a time, then please, Marcus. Five clubs that Clarence Sadorf has turned out for:
2: Ajax, won the Champions League with him. AC Milan. Won the Champions League with them. Real Madrid. Won the Champions League with them. Um, Inter. That's your four. Botafogo. I love that.
3: Very nice. Could have said Sampdoria though. Very nice. You could have said Sampdoria. It would have been all six. Yeah. Would have been all six. Sampdoria was the one
2: I I thought, I'm pretty sure, but I thought I'd play it safe with five. I only had five.
3: I X Sampdoria, Real Madrid, Inter Milan, Milan and Botafogo. Okay, Vish, you're up now. Um, It's one all, all to play for. Uh, he's played for 11 clubs in total. He retired in 2011.
2: 11, did you say, sorry?
3: 11 clubs in yep. total. Played and retired in 2011. All yep. the 11s. <laughs> Legs 11. Uh, it's Paul Dickoff.
2: Oh, Dico. Oh,
4: wow.
3: What a shout. Big memories of uh, Paul Dickoff coming to Fratton Park and uh, everyone shouting, fuck off, Dickoff, fuck off, Dickoff. <laughs> The whole game.
2: See, again, one of those players, you just think, 11 bloody clubs. What mm. a career. Yeah, it's a great career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get a little bit more
3: time because there's so many clubs, but if you take all day and then go mm. two, yeah. you're not going to get much sympathy from the
2: quiz master. No, certainly not.
4: Paul Dickov. Yeah. Uh, um, what was that noise? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> was that like David Marshall? Was it for the fourth Scotland penalty yeah. where he just missed it? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I feel so yeah, sorry for him.
4: Yeah. I'm going to go four.
2: Oh, yeah. Marcus, five? I'd like him to name his four.
4: Oh, I nice. It's only just
3: over, I mean, it's not even 50% of the team. Yeah, I'm not that confident, though, about Paul. All people. right, so four clubs, please,
2: Vish.
4: I mean, I'm not particularly confident either, actually, thinking about it's it. It's funny, because I'm sort of like, I think he played for them. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean I'll, do,
2: I'll do the two I I know. admire the four, actually, to be honest. Blackburn
4: Rovers and Leicester City. Can you please go one at a time? Because that's a blatant... Leicester two. City,
2: yeah. Oh,
3: that's a blatant flout, flouting of the rules. I, so I think he's got this. Two more. Arsenal. Started his career at Arsenal. Oh, well,
2: fair play. You deserve this.
4: Coventry City.
2: Yeah.
3: Ooh. Coventry City, you say?
2: Yeah. No, that's fine. Incorrect. You're joking. Nope. That was one of the ones I had. Man City was, was the other one. Oh,
4: you fucking
2: bellin. <laughs> yeah. I can't, but I thought Manchester he played. Manchester City. Well, I thought, oh. when you said that, I thought you were going to say Man City, but I thought he played for Coventry.
3: It's 2-1 for Speller. Arsenal, Luton Town, Brighton and Hove Albion, Manchester City, Leicester City, Blackburn Rovers, Manchester City again, Crystal Palace, Blackpool, Leicester City again, Derby County, Leeds United, and Oldham Athletic. How have I done that?
2: Oh dear! I'm quite shocked. I I thought he. I thought you had that confidence. <laughs> right, just, it's two one to
3: Speller, and uh, you're up first this time, Marcus. I believe I am. Uh, he's played for six clubs in total. Don't blame me. Blame the algorithm. Oh, well, here we go. It's Ian Wright. Ian Wright, right, right. right. Mm-hmm. Six clubs in total. For the win. For the three one. To hear that beautiful jingle, put together painstakingly by Pete Donson with mm-hmm. the help of Street Fighter Two Turbo.
2: Six clubs, correct. I'm going to do all six.
3: Oh, you can't move. You're checkmated, bish. <laughs> put your put your notepad down, mate.
2: Oh, put your I haven't got on. it yet. I haven't got it yet. All right, six clubs, please, all six. I'm annoyed I didn't go for all six for seed off.
3: All six that Ian Wright's play for. This would be a vintage performance for the champion.
2: <laughs> go on, Crystal Palace, correct. Arsenal, correct. West Ham, correct. Celtic, correct. Nottingham Forest, correct. Burnley. Burnley, you say, is your Get final off. one. That's what I said, brother.
3: Marcus Speller wins! It's a 3 1 win.
2: <laughs> uh, Marcus Mount goes wild, oh. ladies and gentlemen. You oh. thought you could turn up here and take my title <laughs> off, mate, you mug.
3: <laughs> all right, that's 3 1. The final one, Vish, you'd have gone first. Um, it would have been uh, seven clubs in total for Patrick Cliver.
4: Oh, um, uh, uh, you... all seven. Oh, go, go for it. <laughs> Renford rejects.
3: <laughs> doesn't matter, does it? I'm afraid not. Um, Ajax, Milan, Barcelona, mm-hmm. Newcastle United, Valencia, PSV and Lille. Ooh, Lille. Um, but it's a 3... Well, it's a 4-1 win technically because you've thrown that one in. Yeah. So it's a 4-1 win for Marcus. He maintains his position at the very top of the tree. And news just in. Mm. He is now also the number one
2: seed there we go yeah. <laughs> yeah have you
3: got a message a message for Andy Brassel
2: oh Andy you mug yeah. you little dirty little slug Brassel stop coming.
3: Stop running scared Andy and get on a Friday again Andy
2: you know you're beaten never turn up here again <laughs> yeah. I, if he'd have said Manchester City I think we would have gone into that last know, one yeah two all, all to with Patrick Cliver. all to play for although I think I would have beaten you with Patrick Clivert so don't worry about it
4: oh, I'll, I'll shank you outside then <laughs> <laughs>
2: Don't we can feel, all make threats. Don't feel bad about losing some. People have lost to me before in here. And you know yourself because you're one of them, right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen? Thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble preview show sponsored by Betway. Don't, it's, it's Friday. Come on, yeah. Have a bit of
4: fun. I'm still gonna stab
3: you. Have, <laughs> you, have, you, have you ever won a game on that? You won he beat one. Me. Beat me. I've oh won yeah, that's right. I one I've won two. two. Okay, yeah. one two. Fair enough. You know what it's like. You've tasted victory, exactly. exactly. Yes, but so I you,
4: think really. I think the first one I won was without the sound effects. Oh,
3: so it still counts.
4: Well, not my Yeah, counts. We were made promises about sound effects that weren't kept, <laughs>
3: mostly by Pete Donaldson. Um, so you, you'll take victory again I'm sure
2: don't you worry don't you worry you're
3: not coming in here again use me <laughs> as
2: the example you know I took a lot of a lot of flack from Brassel I took a lot of defeats yeah. bounced back and now look at me use Marcus as an example Yeah. if he doesn't play Andy he wins I have beaten Andy once yeah you have it was an amazing one as it well it was yeah yeah, yeah yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for listening to the Football Rumble preview show it's been an absolute pleasure say goodbye Luke Moore goodbye Luke Moore say goodbye to goodbye to Hunteraja. and it's goodbye for me good people